Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Oscars Playback on the Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen, and I'm joined by who else but Joyce to talk wow, about. Wow, I'm a mononym now? <laughs> just, like, just like Cher, Joyce. Who else but Cher? Who else but who else, Cher? <laughs> who else but Joyce to talk to us about the 1998 Oscars Joyce, we love this one, the Titanic Oscars. It, and it was Titanic, like lowercase t. The biggest Oscars of all time, 57 million viewers watched this Oscars, a three hour and 47 minute show. Somehow, finally, we finally, we've been doing these Oscars playbacks for weeks. We had not hit a show longer than the, this year's Oscars, but we did it with Titanic. It, but it's only by like seven minutes, like barely. Barely longer and much better again. Uh, the, again, one more. And also a, a lot packed with uh, 24 categories and five performances. <laughs> 24 categories, five performances, a Oscars family photo because it was the 70th anniversary of the mm-hmm. Academy Awards. An opening introduction, which they don't really do anymore from the president. An, an honorary Oscar for Stanley Donovan, uh, so... Honorary Oscar for Stanley Donnan, uh, presented by Martin Scorsese. Just an epic show uh, to celebrate the king of the world, James Cameron, and Titanic. Uh, just, I love this, Joyce. What, 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 are you, what were your top-line thoughts about this? We, we, we did the who else but share. I wrote down a couple other things in the, in the introductions, which they really have to bring back. That is another- do. I don't know if we've talked about this yet in the previous ones, but um, Oscar ceremonies like on ABC, the broadcast used to start with the arrivals, like a montage of the arrivals. And then you just have like a voiceover person pointing out stars to you. But so, with, uh, it, it's like they use like a thesaurus. Well, I guess thesaurus.com didn't exist then, but they consulted a thesaurus for some adjectives to describe these actors. <laughs> so this one was great. Yeah. It's all, in, it's on the Academy's YouTube page. You can actually go watch this. So I, we both, and actually the whole ceremony I think is online as well, Joyce. Not yeah, the, there's a, someone uploaded the whole ceremony. So you could uh, search for that. Search through it. Uh, who else but Cher was one great one. Uh, the beautiful newlywed Sharon Stone. I I, I took note of that. Yes. That was a good one. Uh, this 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 twofer I really enjoy. Joyce, Helena Bonham Carter, lovely best actress nominee. Long pause. Drew Barrymore. Period. Nothing else. Couldn't even come up with an adjective or a, a plotted for they, for they, Drew Barrymore. Uh, they surprised them with with the shot of Drew Barrymore probably. So they were not prepared. <laughs> Drew Barrymore, 
you know, still better than um, last week when we did the previous year ceremony when they mistakenly said Chris O'Donnell was Batman. Yes. Uh, and then this one, you texted me last night and I had actually already wrote it down. It's a hilarious one. Joyful Oscar acceptor, Cuba Gooding. Who else? <laughs> Just <laughs> remarkable. Uh, so yeah, so Billy hosted again, Joyce. You were saying this right before we started recording. Billy Crystal seemingly had no interest in coming back for what was his, I believe, sixth appearance as host, right? Yeah, like that's that's all the... The, the, the story that Gil Kate's back to produce again and he wanted Billy to come back and Billy after hosting the previous year he was like I'm done and they had to convince him to come back and, and so a lot of the opening is uh Billy being convinced to come back basically and his song and dance is I would say or his not the song and dance the the montage of him in the movies is, is a tough beat, I would say, looking at it now, uh, including him as Sammy Davis Jr., which I know he trotted out again uh, at the 2012 Oscars to uh, much consternation online. I feel like it, it just, it played well in the room because they're laughing, but I'm like, oh boy, when you watch it again, it's like Billy as Sammy Davis in, in Titanic. It's, yeah, I mean, that that bit is also online, so you could, you could watch it yourself. <laughs> it's a rough beat. Yeah, uh, I always wonder, like, there is laughter, but and you always have to wonder, like, is it just because they feel pressure to do it? I, maybe. But also, I mean, it's a different time. It's then. a different time, but, I mean, that's a tough beat. And then he comes yeah. out, and not a lot of, uh, not a lot, not a big monologue. He goes right into the song, it seems. He, he was over it. He's, like, just and cashing the paycheck. The other thing is, this this ceremony, obviously, one of the longest, it's got to be one of the longest ones ever, right? At three hours and, and 47 minutes. Certainly, it's it's a titanic in length, as you said, small t. Uh, it felt like from the jump, they were just like, we're out of time and like burning through things. So like Billy comes out, he doesn't really do jokes, and then does his, his song and dance routine of the Best Picture nominees. Titanic is to the theme from Gilligan's Island, a uh, pretty classic uh, one. He does as good as it gets to let's call the whole thing off and recycles a joke about James L. Brooks not being nominated for when Barbara Streisand wasn't nominated for Best Director. Uh, like, did this film direct itself, basically? He does. Well, also, James L. Brooks wasn't nominated for Director uh, for Broadcast News either. Correct. Uh, which I was, I guess we could talk about that when we get through this, but obviously, Terms of Endearment was such a, a juggernaut. He won three Oscars for that. And then Broadcast News is a great movie. I'd argue, like, maybe should have won that year. I was looking, actually, that year when we were researching this. And I was like, oh, man, Broadcast News is a great movie. Not nominated. And then this, as good as it gets, I would say not a great movie. And he was not nominated. So I'm not surprised he wasn't nominated. But really, the the Academy did not really warm to James L. Brooks after Terms of Endearment. I guess, no. Director. No. Uh, he does Man and Ben, You Are the One, the night and day uh, for Goodwill Hunting. A lot of the jokes here are about how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are children. Yeah, and they were 25 and 27. So they look pretty young, but they're not that young. I don't know. I was just like. <laughs> no. And also, it's funny to think of like, because Ben is still the youngest original screenplay winner at 25. And like, I don't know, maybe because I was 12 then. So like, he. Did look older to me but now watching it i'm like that was a 25 year old and he looks like he's in his 30s <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty it, he's they were pretty young uh we'll talk about this this is a great uh, i maybe buried the lead here as we're doing our intro but 1997 just an all-time year a a titanic year titanic <laughs> year uh 
And then he did the, the uh, Full Monty was a Hello Dolly. So those are the five best picture nominees. Titanic, As Good As It Gets, Good Will Hunting, and LA Confidential, and the Full Monty. LA Confidential was a fascinating rhythm by George Gershwin. It was Billy's, uh, Billy's song and dance there. He, he plays to Jack. I believe he makes a reference to Jack hitting the guy's car with a golf club that was like still a runner in the 90s, right? Remember when Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. got into a altercation and he, in a traffic a, a Clippers and Lakers joke. Right. Obviously. He has, he has uh, it, it's the Ellen DeGeneres selfie before uh, selfies. He has uh, Ellen Hunt use a Kodak disposable camera to take a photo of him and Jack. It's just so perfect. They, they should have just done a Polaroid. No, but we weren't using Polaroids. We were using those cameras in the 90s. I know, but like 90s. you would have gotten the picture right away. It's like the selfie. You you got it right away. Oh man. Uh so yeah, Joyce. So let's talk Joyce first about 97 in in uh in film as we love our, that's our favorite Wikipedia page. I've looked at that Wikipedia page so many times. It's just the the greatest year. I would say I was uh let's see. So 1997, I I, I guess I was a sophomore in, in college, I believe. Uh, just the greatest time. I saw every one of these movies in the movie theater, Joyce. Every single one. I Lincoln saw. Square. I saw some of them in the theater, but most of them I saw uh, on pay per view, my free pay per view. Right. Um, you had the pirated pay per view box. I think yes. the statute of limitations on that is probably over by now. But uh, it, yeah, it, it we, also I don't could... even remember when we got rid of that cable box, but at some point, like we got rid of it, and probably when I was in college, my parents got rid of it. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I saw all of these, like literally all, every single one of these. I went to the movies probably every week. Uh, we saw a ton of these in college over the summer. The top grossing movie of the year, obviously, was Titanic, the biggest movie of all time until Avatar. I saw that in Glen Cove, Joyce. It opened <gasps> on, I think, Glen December. Cove. I believe it, when did it open? December, December 19th, 1997. So I went with my one of my best friends. We were on winter break from college and everywhere was sold out. And so we drove around looking to see it. And Wait, did you try to go to Roosevelt Field? Yes, every, yeah. every, all over Long Island went, ended up being a Glen Cove showing at like nine o'clock. It was us and a bunch of blue hairs. And uh, we were pretty close, like maybe second row because it was close to sold out. And we watched the whole thing. Still don't understand how it got away with the PG-13 because there's so much nudity, in, frankly, that it should be probably rated R. But James Cameron was king of the world. I guess in the 90s, he could do whatever he wanted. Uh, we watched it. And I remember driving home at like midnight because it's a three hour movie and us talking about how, much we love the cinematography we were like oh man what great cinematography huh that was wait really have cool. you seen like la confidential at this point so la confidential you saw opening weekend in uh lincoln square because we were still in school uh, and it wasn't on break and goodwill hunting we saw opening weekend in lincoln square as well and i remember that one we had to get tickets it like advanced by tickets and we were again really close at lincoln square like it was like we were like second row of that which is a little too close uh, but yeah, no. Oh, wow, you you were year. you like Sopranos that like years before. <laughs> we, were we did the Lincoln Square limited opening because Google Hunting didn't open. I don't think nationally. I I did not. Unfortunately, I did not see Google Hunting in the theaters. I saw that on pay per view, but I saw Titanic in the theater, obviously with obviously. my friend, like over Christmas break. How many times and did you see it? I in the theater. I saw it twice. So I saw that like over Christmas. And then I saw it again in April 98. So after the Oscars, because my cousins were visiting from Puerto Rico and they had not seen it yet. So then we all went to see it. And we were still like, we weren't in the first row, but like pretty close to the first. It was still packed, the theater. Like people just kept seeing this movie over and over again. I mean, it's like, no one needs us to say this, but wow, Titanic, a phenomenon. Uh, It was nominated for uh, how many Oscars? 14 Oscars? 14 
and 111. So it, it tied Ben Hur, and then later would be tied by Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, which went 11 for 11. 11. Yeah. Um. So like the big, uh, story or yeah, the storyline for Titanic going in was like everyone expected it to win. It was just like how many will it win? Can it beat Ben Hur? And it really hinged on supporting actress. <laughs> right. Because it wasn't gonna. I mean. Kate was not going to win Best Actress, Kate Winslet, and uh, it was going to lose makeup to Men in Black. So it was up to Gloria Stewart. And there was like, you know, Gloria, I think she was the oldest nominee ever at that time. Yes. Yeah. She she dethroned Jessica Tandy. And uh, this uh, this Oscar ceremony, again, we talk about it when we talk about this year, how they just seemingly were like, how can we get as far away from what people like about the Oscars as possible? And while this year, I think is just full excess because of Titanic and the length of the show. And Billy seems totally disinterested in being there. They are celebrating Hollywood in a way that the current Oscars, it's like foreign to, I think this current mm-hmm. Oscars. Well, story. also this, in that we covered uh, the previous ceremony last week. So we went in order this time. Yes. And, uh, you know, the films of 96, that year is the year of independence, Independence Day. Yes. And everyone, like Hollywood was pressed about that. But now it's like Titanic saved us, even though everyone thought it was going to be a huge flop because it went over budget so long. Um, but it's, it, you know, saved them basically. And now it's like big studio films back at the Oscars and it was going to win. Uh, so it was, yeah, excess. And they were, I, I don't know, it was like super celebratory of Titanic, but it was just like, it was the big dog. And we knew it was going to win, but yes, they're celebrating it's their history, the Oscar history, their industry with the family photo album of all these past uh, acting winners, a lot of them who are no longer with us. That segment is also online. Very sad to watch some of them now. They did it again for the 75th uh, Oscars and, you know, missing more people now too. Yeah. Uh, there's one part also, like even there, there's a part where Billy and Faye Ray introduce Matt and Ben, I believe that is also like, uh, just, it's just a little, little sad because she's clearly very elderly at that point, I would say. And yeah, she wasn't on stage. So he had to go to her seat in the aisle to talk to her. Yeah. And she couldn't like see the screen. And like, it reminded me a little of Eliza Minnelli, honestly, like from, from this past year's Oscars where it's like, whether or not they're whatever whatever aspect of her health you want to talk about and obviously this week I think uh, one of Liza Minnelli's friends was like actually she wanted like a director's chair and was kind of thrown off by a last minute switch to a wheelchair at this year's Oscars and that is why she was a little discombobulated it's like you can understand that the Faye Ray thing feels like she was kind of ambushed by Billy even though maybe it was planned or whatever and she's kind of like a little discombobulated and it's not necessarily because she's old but also just because she's probably like what is going on right and it's like yeah she probably was not ready to riff like maybe she was just ready to introduce Matt and Ben uh so yeah so this is like the Matt and Ben Oscars they're right in the front row Kate Winslet and Gloria Stewart next to each other Jack just being the most Jack in the front row uh full Jack that's 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 a seat like center just the full Jack experience um I I just I really enjoyed this Oscars honestly we were watching it uh (laughs) Like everything like it's just I, like watching it so you watched the whole thing live back then yes this was it definitely was, it was another monday live. ceremony it was a monday ceremony this is definitely when i watched live because we had like i had seen all these movies and we had rooting like i mean i have come around i never was not a fan of titanic i think i always thought it was good but it always felt like 
Titanic is like an Oscar movie. And I was way more into LA Confidential and still am. And like Goodwill Hunting and Boogie Nights and Jackie Brown, which we'll talk about all these different movies are like some of my favorite movies literally of all time. All came out in the same year. And so Titanic was like, ugh, I can't believe it's going to win. And I was like, maybe LA Confidential could win. I knew it was going to like take screenplay because like the Titanic screenplay was like notably not a, a real yeah, contender. Uh, it's still the most recent best picture winner with no screenplay nomination and it was like oh la confidential could really maybe that wins and maybe there's backlash against titanic for being so big and blah 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 but obviously that's not what happened yeah um, i was i was not a big titanic super fan either like it i i liked it fine um oh you know a lot of my friends were in love with leo right and i was like did none of you guys watch growing pains like it's been around <laughs> Like, Leo, Romeo and uh, well, Juliet the year before Romeo and Juliet for sure we'll talk about this when we go through the categories I think uh Leo is one of the more egregious snubs I would argue I think he should have been nominated he's so good in Titanic he is yeah Great. and then he didn't even go which was like a huge deal back then yes. too if you and I love that he didn't go Same. F it he's like just like that's Leo man he's gonna do his own thing and it's great yeah. I'm weighing on that uh no it was like so like I was definitely watching all of this we had a huge rooting interest um these are again like amazing movies like so the top grossing movies of the year it's funny like this is like like we said like last year when we did this last week was the independence day jerry Maguire was the only studio movie everything else was like movies that no one saw basically or saw like in a much smaller uh number than like previous years in studio movies this year you have titanic's the biggest movie of all time as good as it gets was a monster hit uh i think it made like you know 250 million worldwide or something let me look it's 314 million. Yeah, for a rom-com. For a rom-com that's frankly not very good. I would say hasn't aged incredibly well, or at least is not in yeah. the culture. Uh, you have uh, The Full Monty was another like huge surprise hit when like this was like a stealth, like indie kind of thing released by Fox, uh, made $257 million worldwide, just huge. So you have those are three of the five Best Picture nominees. And then Goodwill Hunting was an actual hit, even though it was a Miramax movie in indie. It made like, I think like 138 million in North America or something. I'll look at it. I should I should have wrote this down just because I was watching it last night. Just like, man, your movie's great. I, I, it was on TV like recently, and I watched I watched that whenever it's on TV. This is just one of those movies. I'm I'm not going to say no to. It's it's so good. It's still so good. Uh, yeah, it made like 240 million worldwide. So Google Hunting was like a hit. As good as it gets, was it the only one that really kind of flopped? Was LA Confidential? And as we I read an inside Oscar too, which I know we both were looking at. Definitely not not a win for the Warner Brothers marketing team at that time. So I think they were the Warner they, Brothers they marketing. Were annoyed. Team. I mean, it wasn't a, a complete flop. Flop like it still made money. But... It wasn't a complete flop, and I remember again, it was like a notable release because again, like we were like excited to see it. It was obviously like. A bunch of unknowns in Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce, which is funny. Kevin Spacey off like usual suspects and like in his like ascendancy was like, like we said, like big on SNL in, the, in 97 doing his like Christopher Walken impressions. As we were talking about last week's Oscar, uh, last year's Oscars or the 90, 97 Oscars. So it was like notable, but it just did not, it didn't do as well as I guess people maybe thought, though I don't know how well it could have done. I mean, like, frankly, <laughs> so yeah and they they blamed the marketing for it and they yeah. kind of adjusted it after the nominations and they uh focused it more on like kim basinger um 
but I don't really saying, recall yeah. like the the promo and the lead up to LA Confidential. So I don't either. I mean, it was like promoted like to me. It was promoted like Chinatown, like, and mm-hmm. it is like the uh, a close yeah. approximation of Chinatown, I guess. Right? Like it's like that same style. Yeah, me. 126 million worldwide it says on wikipedia though i can't really imagine that which it's it's still a a good like you know films today would kill for that (laughs) right domestically it made 64 million um opened in september and obviously played for a long time uh just a great year for movies so you you watch most of these on pay-per-view yes um the ones i saw in theaters were like the blockbusters and like I saw Lost World, Jurassic Park. Same. Um, I saw Batman and Robin opening night. Same. June 20. Uh, yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Um, I saw Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, what else was there? Air Force One. This is the top. Oh my God. Men Air Force Black. One. Yes. Love Air Force One. Men you you know, we need to bring back 90s action thrillers uh, like Con Air. Also saw that. Yeah. Con Air was um, great. This was uh, face off this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of really good stuff. All the Star Wars movies that were released in the winter on like the re-release they did. There's a Godfather re-release. Austin Powers came out this year. Yeah, the first Austin Powers. Um, Scream 2. Scream 2 was great. That. And I know One what my, you did last summer. Know what you did last summer was great. Saw that in the theater. One of my personal favorites was The Devil's Advocate, which I saw at Astor Place. Do you remember there was a giant movie theater at Sony, like uh, AMC Astor Place. It was like one screen, like off of like Times Square. And that's where I saw Devil's Advocate and like Godfather re-release. And it was awesome. It was like kind of like- I, I saw Devil's Advocate on, on pay-per-view. <laughs> Great. Uh, just nothing but good. Like every week you could find something good. Fifth yeah, Element. Like Romeo and Michelle's High School Union. They, they reunited at the SAG Awards this mm-hmm. year. Um, Volcano, if you Volcano, recall. Volcano. Uh, uh-huh. My Best Friend's Wedding, which I think will come up here. I, I would, yes. I'll bring it up at the very least. Uh, this is the, another, like coming into the fall- you had, you know, those were like the big summer movies. And then coming into the fall, you had, uh, you know, Boogie Nights. There was a lot of buzz around just because of the trailer. And like, it was definitely something that was very much on my radar, even though I had not really done that much with Paul Thomas Anderson. I think I probably saw Hard Eight before it uh, on tape because it came out that winter. Uh, that was his first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had uh, Jackie Brown coming in the in Christmas, which I was incredibly hyped about because obviously Pulp Fiction was Jackie such, Brown. A, such a great movie. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Quentin Tarantino's coming back with like this dope movie, Jackie Brown. And I read the book because I, it was based on obviously the Elmore Leonard book. And I don't read Joyce. I barely know how to put two sentences together. I know you ran out of words last week. You, you I know. finished a chapter on the Oscars and inside Oscars. No. Uh, yeah, this is just a tremendous year. Stuff that like like not nobody remembers, but like U Turn, Oliver Stone, that was like a big one, right? With like Sean Penn. Um, that. Yeah, and then there's well, Selena also came out. Mm-hmm. So J Lo's uh, J Lo was there, you know. Yep, she even had a lot of these Oscars. Oscars. Yeah, she yeah, because uh, that year, because the previous year, she Selena came out that weekend, I believe. So she was right. there to promote it, just like Jim Carrey was for Liar Liar. Right. <laughs> Liar, Liar, another one I saw in the theater. This is like we said, like Tarantino's second movie with Jackie, or third movie, obviously, Jackie Brown. Paul Thomas Anderson's second movie, Boogie Nights. You had uh, post-breakout Danny Boyle back with A Life Less Ordinary, which is another one I saw in the theater after Train Spotting, his first movie. So these are like a lot of filmmakers that it was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see what they do next. All doing something next, which I was just- And it was also, I mean, obviously he wasn't up and coming, but Spielberg, like he had 93 with- 
Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. And then he was trying to like do it again, basically with Lost World and Amistad. And that did not completely work out. (laughs) No. The other one I wanted to highlight and we'll talk about here, Wag the Dog was another one I was super- I really like that movie and it's forgotten, sadly. Great, a great year for for movies, I would say. Just unimpeachably great. There's so many good movies. You know what else came out in 97? What? G.I. Jane. Yes, I thought of that too. Bring it back to this year's Oscars. Chris Rock was really on top of it with his somewhat offensive. He, he knew it was the 25th anniversary, that's why. Uh, so yeah, Joyce, so this was the Oscars. So Titanic came in, we expected it to win. It won at the Golden Globes. It won the Producers Guild, it won Directors Guild, just kind of like cleaned house, it seems. Yeah, but before before the Globes, it was LA Confidential all the way because it just dominated the critics, the yes. big three um and also critics choice mm-hmm. which is again as we've said a different composition back then right. and also like it's acting winners too back then yep. um i think they gave best actress to helena bonham carter for wings of the dove they did um, yeah and so helen hunt was a golden globe winner and then judy dench was for mrs brown uh, mm-hmm. helen hunt when she wins best actress is like I really thought Judy Dench was going to win, which I'm sure Judy Dench must have loved to hear. I love when people do Can that. I Can I tell you my Helen Hunt story? Yes, please. So uh, I interviewed her in 2017 uh, because she directed an episode of Feud, Betty and Joan. Oh, nice. And so first of all, she calls me and she I love immediately when they apologizes. Yeah, I love when they call. And because she's on vacation with her family and she was on a boat, and she's like, it's really loud. It's really windy. Just let me know if you can't hear me. And I was like, this is already amazing. <laughs> and so we're talking and I, uh, so her episode was after the Oscars episode of Feud. And then I mentioned how I really liked her Helen Hunt speech. Cause she, you know, acknowledged other nominees, you know, especially Judy Dench, which, you know, not exactly what happened with Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And she was like, yeah, like that was so crazy. Like that would never happen today. She's like, well, but then, you know, you saw what happened in Best Picture this year. And this was like two months after the La La Land Moonlight fiasco. And I was like, yeah, but that was a mistake because the La La Land guys gave it to Moonlight when they realized. And she was like, yeah, but it was a mistake to let Joan accept for Anne Bancroft. <laughs> wow. I was like, you know, you're not wrong. And, you know, Anne Bancroft was there at this ceremony in 98 for the Oscar family album. So good. Yeah. Uh, it's great. So Joyce, let's go through the categories here. I'm sure we'll talk about more as we, we get through it. Uh, so Titanic won Best Picture. The nominees, like we said, As Good As It Gets, The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, LA Confidential. Uh, I still think I'd give it to Titanic, even though I like Goodwill Hunting and LA Confidential way more. I think like Titanic as a complete picture probably should win. I'm not, I'm not offended by this win. No, I don't have a problem with the win either um i would probably personally vote for either la confidential good long because <laughs> those I are would, my favorites from the year i watched them both this year actually because it's the 25th anniversary of all these movies right at this year so actually going into so new year's eve uh when we we my wife and i hung out with our friends down the block and we had a, a vcr I got a VCR for my parents' house and we watched Titanic on VHS. On two VHSs. Two VHSs. Great, great experience. And then the next day I watched Boogie Nights and the next day I watched Jelly Confidential and then last night I watched Google Hunting. So I'm like burning through these 97 movies. And uh, Titanic is great. They're all great. But I, and I would say of those four, 
I think LA Confidential is actually the best movie, even though I enjoy Goodwill Hunting more just because of Same, like, same. It, LA Confidential is like unimpeachably great movie to me. It is so good. It, every craft is perfect. The score is amazing. All the performances are great uh, down the line. It's the script is yeah, so and good. Uh, I've and never tight. read the book, but this, I, and I know the screenplay only adapted like 20% of the book. Right. Right. Um, but amazing screenplay as well. It just, it's, it's a whole labyrinth and it, it works it, really well. It's so good. It's so entertaining, so incredibly rewatchable. And like, just, just every part works. There's not one bit of flab on it. Even like Goodwill Hunting, like I said, you're never going to get me to get say something bad about Goodwill Hunting. But last night when I was watching, I was like, it does kind of fall into a little bit of a rut in the second and third act where it's a lot of like one person talking to Matt about why he needs to like open up. Right. And it's like scene after scene of like mini driver being like, come let me in. And then Ben Affleck being like, take advantage of your opportunities. And then Stellan Scars are being like, I wish you weren't throwing away your life. And then Robin Williams and like over, it's like that, 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 and it's like good. Well, I mean, the LA confidential is just so tight. The script is awesome. And it's like, Curtis Hansen is a good director, made a lot of like fun genre pictures, but this is so incredibly above his weight. I feel like compared to his other output, I mean, RIP to Curtis Hansen. Wow, Rude to Eight Mile, one of my faves. <laughs> and I would say Rude to River Wild, which I love. But this oh my is God, like, River Wild is so good. <laughs> this is like so much better than those movies. <laughs> it's so good. It's like incredibly good. I mean, this is, you know, yeah, I, I was very sad when he died because I was like, I want, I want more Curtis Hansen movies. And he hadn't done a lot of stuff. I, what was his last big one, like In Her Shoes? And Wonder Boys was Wonder Boys after. In Wonder Her Boys Shoes? was 2000. Yeah. In Her Shoes was 2005. I, so. to say, I honestly think there's not one of his movies that I actually disliked. He's like a really good filmmaker. Yeah. Um, uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle obviously was his big breakout. Mm-hmm. One. Yeah, no, LA, like that was obviously the critics pick. And, right. um, but yeah, once Titanic blew up, it was, there was just like no way it was winning best picture. <laughs> and, um, so, like Go Well Hunting, I I definitely have seen more uh, over the past 25 years than LA Confidential. I can't remember the last time I watched LA Confidential. Gotta watch it. So like, good. but I watch Go Well Hunting all the time. And uh, it's, I feel like that Good Will Hunting is kind of a happy medium between Titanic and LA Confidential because LA Confidential is obviously the cerebral movie right it's kind of like this year with power of the dog and coda a little bit but goodwill hunting uh, is like coda it it is well yeah it's a mirror max film but like i think there's a difference with because titanic is the pure it's obviously the spectacle but it goes for like the emotion right right whereas like la confidential targets your brain and you you need to pay attention you don't really need to pay attention to, to titanic right you could like go to the bathroom during but it's like three hours <laughs> come back you're fine you know oh it didn't hit the iceberg yet we're, we're good <laughs> you didn't miss much here um but go while hunting yeah like it's it's emotional but i it's it's also about it's intellectual because it's about this genius obviously right right it's about this a book smart man who is not emotionally intelligent. And so I think it, and you know, he gives these like long speeches where you watching it, you have no idea what he's talking about. He solved these math equations. You have no idea what they mean, but it kind of intrigues you. Cause then you're like, wow, like, like he, 
you want to know more about him, like that he's a genius and you want him to succeed and, you know, work on his emotional intelligence and make these connections with people in his life and work through all his issues with Robin Williams and right. go chase Mini Driver, you know? Yeah. So, but I don't think it was, it was probably third overall because I think it was Titanic, LA Confidential, Good Will Hunting. Um, yeah. And then Full Monty because that was like the surprise underdog. I think Full Monty, so it's funny, like we're talking about the comps between this year. There's a lot of, I feel like all of these movies have like, like Full Monty to me feels a little like Coda as well because it was like a sensation that definitely was of the moment. I don't know. If, I mean, I don't dislike Full Monty. I can't say very well. I've seen it in the last 25 years, though. I can't it remember was, the last time I've seen it. It was an absolute sensation, I think, in the Inside Oscar thing. It was like people were like dancing in the aisles. It was a humongous yeah. thing. It was like a viral movie, basically. A movie that no one had heard of that like played at Sundance and then with a filmmaker that people weren't really familiar with and a bunch of no-name stars, British stars who are like now actually like somewhat famous because you have like Tom Wilkinson's in there. Robert Carlyle was like best known probably at the time for train spotting to American audiences at least. Or And it's like, that was like a huge sensation. That to me feels a little like Coda, but then obviously Goodwill Hunting, I think Coda is like basically Goodwill Hunting at times. It does have a lot of similarities to it, I believe. Titanic I, to me. Like, I, I think Coda is a lot more like heartwarming, like in, in what it's trying to do. And I think like the, I think the writing in Good Will Hunting is a lot better than Coda's writing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's and like, and like the characterizations in Good Will Hunting are a lot better as well. The other one I would say is like, uh, I actually think like, I mean, who knows? Titanic was like the biggest movie of all time. And it's hard to like say like what would have happened when. But West Side Story to me is the best comp in this year's lineup to like Titanic, it feels like. Because it's again, I think a big thing with Titanic, at least from my perspective, was at the time, the big narrative was like, this is going to suck, right? It's like James Cameron mm -hmm. spent so much money. It took so long to make. What a terrible idea. He, there's no way and people had their knives out ready to like kill it when it failed and then it was also supposed to open in the summer correct it kept getting delayed it was so over budget like that was like all like the entertainment weekly and premier magazine stories are like how what a disaster this is and then it came out and everybody's like holy cow it's awesome you know what i mean like it was like part of the winning it was a great movie because people were like it exceeded expectations so much, right? I think, or what your expectations were. And it reminded me a little of West Side Story because I think we were all like going into West Side Story, like, man, I love Steven Spielberg, but like, why? What if, like, this is this is a bad idea. And then it's like, you watch and you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. He really pulled it off. And so that's why I think it's a little bit like that, but obviously like different times, like, I don't well, think West Side Story- make like a billion dollars. Right, but I don't even think West Side Story if it came out and if it was like Switch. No, I don't no, know. no, I don't think so either. And obviously it came out during another surge. Um, right. And I just, it's a different time. And obviously people don't watch musicals. Right. Really. But it does, it does of the lineup, I feel like, I guess it does remind me a little of that too. I don't know. Um, so Joyce, what, let's do our additional nominees here. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. I've, uh, here's, here's what I came up with. I got Boogie Nights. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't talked about Boogie Nights yet. Truly great. Just like an all-time movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Paul Thomas Anderson ripping off Robert Altman and Martin Scorsese to such an extent, but actually doing it slightly differently. Everyone in the cast is awesome. The cast is amazing. And it's, it's yeah. strange to watch it now because you're like, 
at the time, a lot of those people were not, it's like John C. Riley and Don Cheadle were not well-known, I don't think, at the time. You know, Don Cheadle was, had done probably Devil in a Blue Dress, I think I'd probably seen him in before Boogie Nights, right? Was that the year before? Um, that was like two years. 95. Yeah. So it was like two years before. He was like a nice, you know, a good character actor, but just killing it. John C. Riley, amazing. Uh, obviously, Mark Wahlberg is really good in it. Uh, you know, and just- like PTA wanted Leo and he couldn't do it because he was doing Titanic and he recommended Marky Mark. <laughs> so look, I don't know if it would get nominated, to be perfectly honest. If it was a 10, I think it would. I think it would be like eighth or ninth. Uh, but I would like to believe it would get nominated. Same with Jackie Brown, which I think is absolutely yeah. incredible i would was, put jackie brown ahead of boogie nights so jackie brown came out i think people were really excited to tear down tarantino i think from a critical standpoint so when it came out and it wasn't like as rah-rah as pulp fiction was and more adult i guess i think that was like the narrative it's like more grown up like a little more mannered quentin tarantino even though it's like fully in his wheelhouse and like does a lot of the like genre stuff that he's really good at uh I just love that movie. I think it's so well-made. The performances are incredible. Robert Forster got nominated for a supporting actor. Oh my God, when he died, I watched Jackie Brown again. <laughs> He's unbelievable in it. Max Cherry is such a great character. Um, I think and you could have gotten three, two other nominations, honestly, which we could talk about here. <laughs> like when we get to the categories more. Pam Greer. <laughs> Pam Greer for sure. And I think Samuel Jackson is like, honestly, maybe never better. Um, but yeah, so Jackie Brown and Boogie Nights, I would put in. Amistad, I have in. I think it would have to get in if it was 10. Yeah. But it was not a it was not a Steven Spielberg movie that people were really enthused by. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was just kind of this had Oscar buzz. Right. Like so more, more that, maybe like this had Oscar expectations. Yeah. And so that's eight right there. If you add those three to the five. I, I think the other five would obviously get in. I don't think there's any doubt that those movies would get nominated if it was a 10. So then so uh Seven, uh, so that's, sorry, six, seven, eight, so nine, 10. We have two more, Joyce. I, like, because I always go back to, will another, like, huge blockbuster get in? Right. right? Like, you already have Titanic. Right. And then now we just listed a bunch of smaller films. Right. That we just, like, assume, just based on what we know from the past decade, would get in. But the makeup of the Academy of the past decade is also different from. True the one uh back then um I I don't know because like because if you look at like some of the acting nominees like I I I like Mrs. Brown a lot the movie but I don't really see that well I actually I'm not I kind of agree with you and I was actually thinking Yuli's Gold would get in because people really like that movie too it got nominated for Peter Fonda obviously and I think in hindsight, you should make the case. You could make the case that he should have won because I'm just not. Yeah, convinced he's really good. Is, I know. Again, like, also very sad when he died. <laughs> like he, he is, and Robert Forster died like two months apart. <laughs> so I actually and Yuli's Gold again was like a not as much of a juggernaut. Obviously, it's like the Full Monty and like those indie movies, like Goodwill Hunting, where it was like an indie movie that like people really wanted to see and like played like a like a studio blockbuster. Honestly, Yuli's Gold was not that, but it was a specialty kind of salve at in the summer when it came out amid like a bunch of heavy noisy blockbusters people really liked that movie at the time i don't know i I could see maybe getting in like as kind of like a winter's bone style or maybe mrs brown as well on the same 
idea because it came out, I think, in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. Well, so in directing, it didn't match up with Best Picture no. because Adam McGoyan got in to directing for this sweet Hereafter, which is a very sad movie. I don't know. Um, if that, I don't have that down as a, even with him as a director. I don't have that down as a possible. Yeah, I I don't I don't think it would have gotten to Best Picture either. Um, so he would have in like a field of ten. So he would have been like the the Bennett Miller Fox Catcher, like the lone directing right. nominee without the Best Picture right. nomination and an expanded lineup. Um, but that that's that's also another tragic film with a. a large number of people dying yes uh the other ones i wrote down were wings of wings of the dove and then the ice storm ice storm kind of like flew under the radar ice storm is is a lot like amistad yes I guess you would get the other ones from there i don't there's not really a lot of other i don't like the blockbusters from this year i'm not like even even after last week we're like let's throw titan independence day in there or whatever uh I don't think you're going to get a best picture nomination for like my best friend's wedding. Sadly, no. Um, and, and like their rom-com of choice that year was as good as it gets, which is, uh, you know, male centered. And significantly worse than my best friend's wedding. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think you're going to, I think the number, I think you'd have Jackie Brown Boogie Nights and Amistad and then some mix of like those in smaller, like, way smaller indies that we've mentioned here. I don't, I don't know if there's really anything else. Like and last week, people were like, oh, you should like Evita definitely would have got in and stuff. And I'm like, there's no Evita on this year's list. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it would be cool if like in and out had gotten in, you know, but I don't really like for that time, I don't know if it would have, like I could see in and out getting in now. Right. I, I give you another one. I think that actually maybe would have gotten in based on the subject matter is wag the dog as a best picture mm-hmm. nominee is about hollywood and it's like yeah. a mix of hollywood plus and politics like, political like clinton politics that was like they were a lot of jokes billy has like a really really unfortunate joke i think about linda tripp in, in his oh in my his yeah monologue. <laughs> like really bad uh just like he makes like a joke well he makes a joke that she's recording it which lol and then i think he compares her to like Michael Caine and dressed to kill and they cut to Michael Caine like guffawing it's so offensive it just is like no matter what you think of Linda Tripp nobody needs to be made fun of in that fashion yeah. different time the, like, yeah that that was the the humor really rough it's just like oh come on like this is this is not what you want um so yeah that's the best picture I want to do we could do best director I feel like this is another uh I could really make a lot of changes this lineup I'll say um what would you have nominated james l brooks <laughs> so i wouldn't have nominated james l. Brooks. so so the the nominees are james cameron obviously king of yes. the world uh peter cataneo for the full monty gus van sand for dual hunting curtis hansen for la confidential and adam mcgoyan for the suite hereafter so if i was doing it i would unfortunately bump peter uh cataneo and adam mcgoyan and i would definitely throw I would throw Quentin Tarantino in here for Jackie Brown and I would put Paul Thomas Anderson in for Boogie Nights. Though I understand that neither one of them would probably get nominated. They're uh, too cool for, even though like still the director's branch, again, they, they're idiosyncratic because they nominated Adam McGowan instead of James L. Brooks. Like it, I, I think they were not like, PDA was still young back then. Like he was, this is, this is when he was with Fiona Apple. Um, was it this, was he with Fiona Apple though? Or is that more Magnolia era? 
he well they were together for a while i guess so i yeah. think i will say like he was known he was the pta that we we saw this year's awards trail which is like kindly gen x dad pta at this mm-hmm. point he was like a raging uh raging narcissist pta i feel like he was just he was very uh very high wound tight i would, I would say and it yeah, kind of and- really got tighter during magnolia yeah um and then like quentin i think he, like they all like the academy as a whole they just view him more as a writer than a director <laughs> I guess so. And I would say like, I understand why he wasn't nominated. And like I said, I do think there was like a, we want to take this guy down a notch sense around that movie because like people were just so tired of him and he was like exhausting again at that point too. Just mm-hmm. remember he was like being an act, he was trying to be an actor and like, just like, just stop it already. I think that was like the general cultural sense, but then the movie's amazing. And I think you could, I would say like, it's one of his best directed movies because he's got certainly, I would say, of all the movies, this maybe has all of it, like a lot of his best performances. I, I think the work he yeah. does with the cast is unbelievable. And they're all just like firing away. The other person I wrote down was Ang Lee for Ice Storm. Again, another movie that I really think could have performed better, but just felt like it was like kind of pushed aside by the flashier like indies of like, you know, PTA and Tarantino and just like in general, not not necessarily as well warmly received because it's a chilly movie. That's a terrible pun for Ice Storm. Do you get it? Because it's cold. It's yes, cold I got it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, only, I think, you know, again, Peter Cataneo, I think there is a world where he should get nominated because making a movie that gets people literally dancing in the aisles is commendable. And I would say it's like similar to like how people were saying Sean Hader should have gotten nominated this year, but Sean Hader wasn't nominated this year for Best Director famously. And I think like Peter Cataneo, if we were doing it again, maybe it would be a snub where you're like, oh, I can make the case for him to get nominated. But like, he wasn't. Yeah, like sort of like like a Peter Farrelly. Yeah. Well. Um, and then winning this, Cameron, sure. He's king of the world, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, did you mention Spielberg? Because he got he got the DGA nomination and was also nominated at the Globes. So I didn't like, mention him because I don't think Amistad is one of his better movies. No. I can understand he but probably- he was like, he would just be like a name check. He might've been the yeah. sixth and that's yeah. actually why Adam McGoyan got in, right? Because like the passion for Spielberg wasn't necessarily there, I mm-hmm. guess. To put him in the lineup um everybody else i'm like gus van sant i think does a great job of google hunting it's you know really good solidly directed movie and i love again we talked about curtis hansen just just firing away uh for 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 la confidential really a remarkable movie um this is so this speech titanic uh james cameron gives famously i'm king of the world at the end just so uncomfortable and then he wins for best picture with obviously john landau and they go up and John Landau like rattles off like 300 names in a row, like the micro machines guy. And then, and then like, and then James Cameron is like, he's watched shine too many times, which is kind of funny. And then uh, he comes up and like, this is by this point of the show, they're all mentioning Gil Cates and how he's like having a, a coronary in, in the control room because the show is going so long. And then I, I was just wondering like if people at home knew who Gil Cates was. Like I, this, this guy getting name dropped. I mean, the clearly show. they like, I'm trying to think, like, I guess you knew him as like, I could picture him. Like, I know what he looks like. So I guess he was like enough out there at the time that it's like, oh, the Oscars producer is famous enough to be mentioned. But yeah, they're all mentioning him. And then James Cameron's like, 
does this whole long-winded speech and is like, and now I'd like to do a moment of silence for the 1,200 people who lost their lives, the men, women, and children of the Titanic. And he's just standing there and the camera cuts behind him and everybody's just like, okay. It, like, it, but, I mean, I totally respect what he did. Um, yeah. Very moving. It went on a little bit longer than I, I remember watching it live and I was like, I think you should like end it now. Cause it was, it's like a, it's a, it's, it feels like a long beat. And uh, then you just wrap it up. And it just feels, it's just strange to me because the movie, like, I mean, yes, I understand it's about the tragedy and stuff. And I don't know, I just, maybe I'm too cynical, but I'm like, you spent the whole night like celebrate, like to do it right at the end just feels like, oh, by the way, we should, I guess, like acknowledge that this is a movie about a terrible tragedy and not just some like fun blockbuster with Leo. Yeah. And I guess like he could have also done it in his directing speech, right? But then he's like, I know I'm going to win best pictures. I'm going to save this. And I'm king of the world. Uh, so Joyce, I, in the research here, this was, we have not met, we have not, another Oscars that was, you know, a lot of Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, uh, and especially for Google hunting and they, he gets referenced numerous times. So as it turned after Harvey Weinstein was, you know, disgraced and, and convicted and all these things, there was a new interview with James Cameron about, uh, Titanic. And he talks about how he got into a fight with Harvey Weinstein at this Oscar. So presumably based on what he says here, after he wins best director, before he wins Best Picture, I guess Harvey Weinstein comes up to him and is like trying to like glad hand him or whatever. And here's what James Cameron says. I remember almost getting in a fight with Harvey Weinstein and hitting him with my Oscar. Then this is a quote. It was happening on the main floor at the theater. The music had started to play to get back in our seats. The people around us were saying, not here, not here. Like it was okay to fight in the parking lot, like, you know, but not okay when the music was playing and they were about to go live. And then I guess James Cameron in the Vanity Fair interview says, I, it's a kind of a long story, but it had to do with Guillermo del Toro and how badly he was dealt with by Miramax on Mimic, which was a movie that del Toro directed when he was like more of a genre, kind of known for his genre movies, I guess. James Cameron says, Harvey came up glad handing me, talking about how great they were for the artist. And I just read him chapter and verse about how great I thought he was for the artist based on my friend's experience. And that led to an altercation. We, we could have had a slap back then. Could have. We, we, I mean, if James Cameron punched Harvey Weinstein with his freaking Oscar, that would have left a mark. I think more so than Will Smith uh, slapping Chris Rock in the face. Uh, but, so in like Inside Oscar, there is a quote from Harvey who is like, he obviously knew like Google Hunting was an underdog, but like that, like they, it, it was saying like how that just didn't stop him from being like, we, we, we still have a chance. Like he was still... I guess like gaslighting himself and everyone else. <laughs> sure. And you're thinking like there's still a chance that like we could beat Titanic. It's funny watching like this. This we watch the independent. Uh, I'm sorry, we watch the Independence Day Oscars. So it's an English patient, which uh, Miramax released. Harvey was an EP on, not an Oscar winner, obviously. And but the movie won, and like kind of he came in at the last minute and saved it. And they, he's definitely a, a factor at that ceremony. And then this one way more. He's in the front row. It's like. Ben and Matt and Robin Williams gives him a shout out. And then next year after this, we have obviously Shakespeare in Love, which is like the Miramax ascendancy. So it's like, it is interesting to watch this just play out over Oscars. Um, but yeah, good for James Cameron to, you know, give Harvey, Harvey Weinstein the riot act. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed that story had not been told for so long until like, you know, obviously like this is from 2017. So. Uh, that That's when everyone felt Just, it was okay it was like yeah, everybody took out their we got uh, the green light we can tell yeah. all our harvey stories now 
Uh, let's see what else here. Hang on, I'm, I lost my page here. So that was directing you. I mean, Cameron wins, right? If you're doing this again. Yeah, I like I I, I don't have a problem with like any of Titanic's wins. Really, it's like it's I I'll, we'll get to one later when we go through like the rapid fire. I could come up with like one or two or two. <laughs> Not cinematography though, Joyce, because as you know, when I saw it, I was like, yeah. There was the cinematography. Yeah. What great cinematography. <laughs> uh, best actor. A lot of notes for this one, Joyce. So the nominees were Jack Nicholson for As Good As It Gets, Matt Damon for Good Will Hunting, Robert Duvall for The Apostle, Peter Fonda for Yuli's Gold, and Dustin Hoffman for Wag the Dog, where he's playing Robert Evans, basically. So it's like a big inside joke. And he ends up getting murdered at the end, I believe, by Robert De Niro. Or Robert De Niro orders his death at the very end of the movie. Jack Nicholson wins. A lot of this category was made up of, you know, a lot of people being like, look at all these old guys and look at that kid, Matt Damon. What a, what a charming kid. I mean, to be fair, I think the other four all started acting or like already made movies before he was born. <laughs> so. Right. This is a, I mean, so I have notes. It is a pretty cool lineup because you have some of the greatest actors of all time all together, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jack and Peter Fonda in the same category is awesome. Yeah, and then he like gives a shout out my, my old bike pal, Fonda. And he like Robert Duvall, obviously, and Jack, awesome. Dustin Hoffman and Jack, great. Like, this is an all-time category. And then Matt Damon for Good Will Hunting, who is awesome in the movie and totally deserving of a nomination. If I was doing it again, like I said, I don't know if I would give Jack the win. As good as it gets, not a movie I've watched very much uh, in the last 25 years. I remember thinking it was completely fine. I can't imagine it has aged well because you have Jack playing, like, Archie Bunker. And it's just, like, full of offensive comments on women and... uh, the LGBTQ community and certainly minorities in general. And it's just not what you want. I would, I'm, I haven't seen it. So I'm just, I'm just assuming based on my memory of what the jokes were, where it's a lot of Jack being like, how do, how do I write a woman? I take away all reason and accountability, but I'm bum. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like, like, this, like misanthrope, you yeah. know, like homophobe, like misogynist, but then yeah. he gets redeemed at the end. Right. It's a whole yeah. movie about how like, uh, yeah, Jack, we have a, 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 a gay character played by Greg Kinnear and, and a Helen Hunt, obviously, and, and Cuba Gooding, and they're going to redeem this irredeemable uh, misanthrope. And so, there's a dog. There's a dog that he throws down a, a laundry chute. Um, I remember, you know, it's funny, like, this movie, I think, would get just killed 500 different ways if it was now. But, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I, I, again, I don't remember the last time I saw this movie, probably in the 90s. Um, but it, like it's it's fine like I I think I enjoyed it when I yeah. watched it like there's a lot of movies you just enjoy when you're in the moment but it's like forgettable or like it's problematic you yeah, know it, you know that right this is like I mean this is James L. Brooks I would say Judd Apatow gets compared to James L. Brooks a lot like or would like like to be compared to James L. Brooks and I don't think that Judd Apatow has made any movies as good as broadcast news in terms of endearment but this is like a Judd Apatow movie, I feel like, as good as it gets. Like, it is, like, a, this is 40, basically, and to me. It, um, it's just, I don't know, if, if, it's also kind of, like, I recall just kind of sitcom-y, and yes. I don't mean it in a bad way, but that was just kind of the vibe, and obviously, on a long-running sitcom, you get to spend more time with those characters, but this is just, like, a two-hour in and out, and it doesn't really feel like it's getting at anything. Like, it's, it's enjoyable um and so the, like they're both like both he and helen who won um the last uh, movie to win both lead categories like they're 
you know, good, like charming. So I was looking at this and trying to think of, hey, and one, one, one last thing about the movie being problematic or whatever, uh, which I, you know, I don't even love doing, but I just feel like this is not very much age well. But I would say like at the time even, and I think they mentioned on the show maybe, but like the age difference between him and her is so ridiculous. And that is like completely farcical. And I think nowadays would be like immediately called out, but it was even called out then. I mean, people were like, this is not like, you got old Jack Nicholson and young Helen Hunt, like in a romantic relationship. It is just hard to, hard to I think I think the character was written older. Yeah. And then they just cast Helen because they just liked her. Uh, so yeah, Jack wins. I mean, like Jack Nicholson winning a third Oscar, uh, not going to be unhappy with, but yeah, like I, he's, he feels like someone who should have three Oscars. Should he have won his third one for this? <laughs> so that was what I was thinking. Like if he doesn't win this, I think he probably would win for about Schmidt. Maybe would you say that's fair? Uh, I mean, he was definitely a favorite going in that night. Probably. Yeah. Cause that's only five years later. And it's like, there was really no need to give him one for About Schmidt. And About Schmidt is the more mature version of like, as good as it gets maybe, right? Or the yeah. indie version. I also think if he gets, doesn't win here, maybe he's nominated for The Departed. I know that's like become a controversial performance, but he's awesome in The Departed. I do no yes, problem I saying know. that. And it's like, he should have so, got- So, I think so many people here him. end up in The Departed. <laughs> so many, it's like the whole thing. Uh, I know Alec Baldwin is there, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't mind that Jack won. I just think like, Based on these, I think Peter Fonda should have won. I yeah, would have I, would, I would probably vote for Peter. Um, yeah, and also Jack hasn't been nominated since about Schmidt. That was his last right. nomination. Um, I, yeah, it kind of felt like they were... So the thing with his performance in this movie, again, he's good, is but it just feels like he's, you know, playing himself. Right, you it's know like Jack... I mean? like, it's, it's just, like, it, it just it, I mean, obviously he's acting, Right. But it the character, like he leans into his persona a lot, like just the Jack Nicholson persona that people right. love. Minus the, minus the problematic language, but yes. I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I totally, I, it's like he is playing Jack, like a, a, a cantankerous Archie Bunker version of Jack. So I understand why he won. It's great. He gets his Oscar from uh, from Francis McDormand, who is so psyched to be he here. He like skips to it. the stage. Yeah. So great. It's a great moment. His speech is legitimately good. He's like, he gives a shout out to all the nominees, basically. He goes like, a, a, a rest in peace for a bunch of people who have died, including JT Walsh, who yes. I loved because he was obviously such a big part of uh, A Few Good Men, Joyce, which I know we're fans of. Uh, yeah, I would put Leo in, and I think I would knock out Dustin Hoffman if I was if I was doing it. I mean, I get why Dustin Hoffman is nominated because again, he's playing like Robert Evans, and it's like kind of like a gag. But Leo in Titanic is legitimately good, and I think he's as good as Matt Damon in Good Will Hunting. And I know they were kind of like pitted against each other, and Matt Damon was seen as more of like the actorly type because his movie was more of an indie and stuff. But yeah, I think Leo should have gotten in here. Um. Yeah, he got the Globe nomination and yeah i mean if leo had gotten i i was not upset that he wasn't nominated like a lot of teen girls were <laughs> the other a whole, whole section in inside oscar about oh, uh yeah. the reactions of his uh, teenage fans um yeah. yeah i i think he's he's good um in titanic and obviously like a huge star making performance this just reminded me of do you recall the completely insane discourse from two years ago when people were trying to determine when Leonardo DiCaprio got famous? Like, yes. 
was it with Titanic yeah. <laughs> or not? Um, but anyway, I it like you totally get why he wasn't nominated because again, it, it they don't normally nominate romantic leads and right. or young guys. So like yes, Matt he and Matt are four years apart, so like they're both young. Leo's younger. Uh, but again, like you said, like Matt, like he was seen, the movie is seen more serious and it's not a romance and like, sure, he goes, he has a romance in the movie, but it's not seen as this romance drama. Um, and Leo was like the huge star and like conventionally attractive and they just don't normally go for those types of actors. Right. Yeah. And then he didn't go to the show. <laughs> so. The other person I wrote down, and again, I wrote down two other people. You'll, you'll be surprised to know which movies they're from. Good, uh, from Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg. I don't think he would have gotten nominated, but it is a great performance. He's really quite good in it. And I think he plays that naivete really well. But be, I have no doubt, I know why he wasn't nominated for a million reasons. But also, like, if you think of, like, Goodfellas, the Ray Liotta part is not the part that gets nominated, right? It's the flashier supporting parts and, like, Mark it, like Mark movie. in Boogie Nights also reminds me of him in The Fighter where like again he's like overshadowed by the supporting performances because yeah. you have Julianne Moore yep. you know and Burt Reynolds obviously and the uh, other one I wrote down was Samuel Jackson for Jackie Brown I guess you could say maybe it's supporting but I don't know I think he could have gotten nominated here he's so good it's like an iconic character Ordell Robbie uh he really brings it I just think it's like a great performance mm-hmm. Who of the LA Confidential guys would you have nominated? Because there's three of them. So I'd argue maybe they're all supporting. There are three leads. You would, you would push them all supporting? I think if I was going to put a lead- You would I do would a say, spotlight? If I was going to say lead, it would be Guy Pierce. To me, he's like the lead of the movie because he's the entry point of the movie yeah. as like a character. And also um, the exit. And he's good. He's really quite good in it. But I don't think he would get nominated. No, and I think like Russell has like the flashier part. I think like, yeah, guy we'll is get, more like by the book. We'll get there, and I think he should get nominated too. But uh. <laughs> I mean, this is the start of Russell Crowe's ascendancy. Yeah. So he's gonna have the insider in two years, so which I love. Great. Um, uh, so best actors we mentioned: Helen Hunt wins for as good as it gets. Uh, she gives a very charming speech, like we said, uh, shouting out the nominees. Great lineup, I'd say. Helena Bonham Carter for Wings of the Dove, Julie Christie for Afterglow, Judy Dent for Mrs. Brown, and Kate Winslet for Titanic. Uh, the only person I wrote down, I think, was, well, I wrote down two people. Pam Greer for Pam Jackie Greer. Brown. I would have loved to have in. Uh, I, it's hard to say who would knock out, I guess. Like, I'd have to k- kick out Julie Christie or Helena Bonham Carter, but those are both really good performances, so... Mm-hmm. And then the other person I wrote down was Julia Roberts for My Best Friend's Wedding. She's amazing in it. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. yeah. She, she uh, got the, comeback. you know, the, the comedy musical Globe lineup or actress was pretty good because it was Helen who won, um, Julia, J-Lo for Selena back when they were still nominating just anything with music, yes. <laughs> musical or comedy, um, Pam Greer and Joey Lauren Adams for Chasing Amy. I am chasing Amy down for something else later. I love Joey Lauren Adams and chasing Amy. She's really, really quite good in it. Uh, the movie, also I think, bad. I think the movie's not aged that poorly. Honestly, I've watched it again within the last couple of years. It, it's it's like kind of immature, but it's not like you know shoot it into space bad. I would say. <laughs> um, I mean, what do you, who would you have won here if Helen Hunt had not won? Again, it's a movie like this. Feels to me like a. People were really enthusiastic about Helen Hunt. It kind of snowballed and she just ended up winning. That kind of Also, thing. like Mad About You, it's 
you know, she was, I think she had already won two Emmys by that point. Um, right. So it was funny because obviously she was nominated at the SAGs and the Globes also for Mad About You, but she lost those and won, you know, for as good as it gets, you know? She, right. Um, it's like they took her over there. Um, also, she's the only American in this lineup. Right. And uh, so she so mentions maybe how she thought- that was that was her advantage. So I mean, like, I think it's definitely well. If you look, I mean, outside of Titanic, it's the biggest movie, right? Of the other three, Titanic. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kate Winslet was a serious contender here to win. I think it was nice that she was nominated. Obviously, no, yeah. And so the other three, and then are just not as widely seen and not American actresses. So you end up like Helen Hunt. I, yeah, I understand I, why she won. I do. I probably would have voted for Judy Dench in Mrs. Brown. That was actually on TV a couple weeks ago when I watched the first 30 minutes again and like Billy Connolly is also great in it. Um, I probably, I would have nominated him, although I don't know if I've done him in lead or supporting because he was also borderline. And this was really her breakthrough, <laughs> like her major breakthrough, like especially in America and she was already 63. And then obviously she would win the next year for Shakespeare in Love for like eight minutes. And that was but like a makeup Oscar. <laughs> it does feel like a makeup Oscar. And I wonder if she would have won here and it sounded like, like literally, like even Helen Hunt was like, I think Judy Dench should have won. Yeah, yeah. She she told uh, Hank Azaria. <laughs> he told her beloved Hank Azaria. She says that he she should have she's gonna win the Oscar. And good luck though, she didn't win. But I would say like, I wonder if, if she wins here, does she win the next year for Shakespeare in Love? Probably not. I think it's always interesting. Probably not. That. Yeah. But I mean, you know, this is not the strongest actress year. Like we said, like there's not like a lot of other people I could think of who were missed. I mean, did you have anybody else? no not really yeah and i'm and i like this, helen this hunt is so a, much. a good lineup of like yeah. good performances. I, I really yeah. i do like helen hunt so much so it's not like it's not an egregious win by any means i just don't like the movie's just not as memorable i think compared to these other movies yeah and i i am glad she eventually got a second nomination yes. for the sessions, sessions so she right. returned because i think a lot of people kind of felt like her her film career I guess like didn't take off after this or whatever but I I don't know I think it's like you shouldn't judge like their career based on their Oscar win because the Oscar is ideally supposed to be for that performance right and you don't know yeah. what's going to happen after that so I mean she doesn't I mean, you like hope, you, you would hope it helps their careers and whatnot but that's also not always the case I mean she follows up as good as it gets in 2000, she's in four different movies. What Women Want. <laughs> what Women Want, which is a humongous hit, obviously. I saw that in the theater. <laughs> Castaway, which is a humongous hit. I also hey, saw it in the theater. Hey, it forward, which is a tremendous flop and pretty bad. And then Dr. T and the Women, which is Robert Altman. So it's like she follows up with like four legit movies there. I mean, Pay It Forward was maybe not great, but obviously it's like, you know, Kevin Spacey off and on, like, you know, off American Beauty and stuff. And there's like an idea where this is going to be good. Haley Joel Osment off of uh, Sixth Sense. Then she's in a Woody Allen movie in 2001. And then not much since, right? Like 2000, I'm looking at her 2004 movie called A Good Woman. 2006, Bobby. Remember Bobby? I, I remember Bobby because that was uh, by uh, Emilio Estevez. So she does. Uh, then she found me everyday soul surfer and jock the hero dog is a voice role and then the sessions which you mentioned and not much else I mean like there's not a lot of well in the past decade she's turned to directing yes so that's partially reason why but it's like yeah it is nice that she I think it's a good win I don't I don't think it's a bad win I guess yeah 
And I think it's also because I think at this point there's still kind of a TV stigma. Yes. You know, so it, it is kind of cool that she's on this huge show. I think that's a, another part why she won because people were familiar with her from Mad About You. Right. And so it's cool that she's like simultaneously on this huge successful uh, successful sitcom and she wins an Oscar, you know, in her, in, in her spare time. Right. <laughs> uh, supporting actor, Joyce, this is a, a, a killer lineup and I could come up with another like 10 or 12 people we could put in it, but Robin Williams obviously wins for, for Goodwill Hunting. The other nominees were Robert Forster for Jackie Brown, which we have, are on record as being supportive of. Great nomination. Anthony Hopkins for Amistad as John Quincy Adams. Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets. And Burt Reynolds as Jack Horner in Boogie Nights. So Burt Reynolds famously uh, kind of, the rumor was that he was just unhappy with Boogie Nights and like fired his agent and was like, I can't believe you'll put me in this smut. And then he had like a 180 when he realized people love the movie and stuff. I don't know. I think that might be a little bit apocryphal. I don't know how true that is based on like, even at the time, it didn't seem that true. But I will say he definitely looked pissed off that he lost uh, when, when they show like Robin Williams winning. It didn't seem like a total surprise that Robin Williams would have won this award based on like what else won in the that year. Um, where like Well, Burt won the Globe. He won the um, Globe, but like. And, but Robin won SAG. SAG right. in its fourth year now. So when yeah. he wins, Bert does like a like a eye roll kind of like clap thing. He's like not, he's just not happy. He's not happy with this at all. Um, I don't think I would give it to Bert again if, if we were re-voting. I think Rob Williams is like truly remarkably good in Goodwill Hunting. It's a great performance. It's so funny and so heartwarming, I think, and like just quite good. Um, but yeah, Bert, Bert, uh, Bert was not happy. I'd say the he, other people happy. I wrote down. Well, Russell Crowe, I think, would be the person from LA Confidential to put here. I think you can make the case for Kevin Spacey. I know he's canceled now in hindsight, obviously, but like the performance is quite good. It just doesn't feel like any different from like, he's just like kind of like not sleepwalking, but it just seems like effortless to him to do that kind of player. Um, but yeah. Russell Crowe is so good. I wrote down Don Cheadle for Boogie Nights because I think he's like really, really good in Boogie Nights. Uh, Kevin Klein in the Ice Storm, I wrote down. Uh, Robert De Niro for Jackie Brown, I think is great. Just like a kind of against type De Niro where he's like a stoner dummy. Don't really see that very often. And then my personal favorite choice, which would never get nominated, Al Pacino as John Milton in The Devil's Advocate. Just an all-time Pacino. You and The Devil's Advocate, wow. Great movie, all-time movie, great uh, watch. Al Pacino. My... My pick for someone who would never be nominated here is uh, Rupert Everett. So he should have been nominated, probably. I mean, there was like talk of him getting nominated for My Best Friend's Wedding. Would have been fun. Uh, Never happening. Um, I think that the the weaker nominees here are Anthony Hopkins for Amistad. I don't think would, not one of his. Did not attend. Did not attend. And I think Greg Kinnear, you know, God bless him. Um, I really like Greg Kinnear as a performer. I think it was caught up in the as good as it gets enthusiasm. A coattail, yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, and it, it was also uh, Robin Williams's time. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's it's a great role for him. And I, I forget who it was who were like advising Matt and Ben on the script, but obviously, I'm sure you've read all all the oral histories on this. As have I. Um, 
they there was like an NSA subplot and like other stuff in early drafts and I think you know obviously they talked to Kevin Smith and like Rob Reiner um and some other people and I forget who it was but they were like acts like the NSA thing and then like focus more on like his uh, Will's relationship with Sean yeah and like beef it up and you really see that in the movie like you know a lot of talking a lot of speeches and he Robin you know his his clip is like the, the bench scene obviously um so he has a lot of moving speeches and then he gets to do be as close to the the comic manic Robin when he's describing game six yes that he did not attend because he had to go see about a girl his future great. life so, so great he, yeah. it's a it's a great performance I have no I'm, I don't know if it's I mean I have like such uh I don't know. I'm, I'm like, so in the tank for goodwill hunting, I have not really followed the discourse. I don't know if this win is aged well or poorly. Do people think like he shouldn't have won? I, I think most people love the win, if not for the movie, but just for him because they love Robin Williams, especially after he died. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice moment. His speech is really nice. And then obviously Billy, they do a lot of cutting to Billy Crystal, which I found like a little weird because, because it's like, I know they're friends, but like, it's like Robin Williams's moment. It's nice though. They do hug at the end. So that's cute. Yeah, and it's also cute when you he notices Billy after he's like about to walk off the stage yeah. and then he sees him and then he lets out a little yelp and hugs him and it's cute. Yeah, really um, nice. But yeah, this I think it was just his time. And uh, also, you know, he was just the more popular actor at that time. He also had Flubber this year. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I mean, like uh, it's not like, it's not a similar comp, but I think Burt Reynolds has a little bit of uh Sylvester Stallone on him at times. Yes, you know? and we all know uh, his history with Sally Field. Right. So um, I, at that t- I don't think he was most most beloved, uh, you know, actor. Would, would, you, would you say he's he's similar to Lauren Bacall? Well, I don't know though, because I think Lauren Bacall maybe wasn't beloved because of sexism. And I think Burt Reynolds wasn't maybe beloved because he just was like a little mean on the way up, perhaps, I don't know. Right, yeah. I and mean, that's like the, the sense I would get. Um, Supporting actress choice. We're, we're this is Gil Cates is going to be so pissed at us because this is really going long. So, uh, we'll move into supporting actress. Kim Basinger wins for LA Confidential. It's, I think, the first award of the night. Uh, Joan Cusack, Minnie Driver, Julianne Moore, and Gloria Stewart for Titanic. Now, having watched all of these movies recently, and I love Kim Basinger, and I was really excited for her to win. <laughs> Julianne Moore probably should have won for Boogie Nights, and I would say Minnie Driver is a close second in Goodwill Hunting. She is remarkably good in Goodwill Hunting. It is a great performance. She's so, so charming, so funny. She breaks your heart. It's like really great. Uh, I just love her in the movie. And Kim Basinger, I think, is quite good in LA Confidential, but there's not really any kind of major scenes that you could hang your hat on with her in the movie. She's like... No, I, I think a lot of the affection for her performance is just the the character itself, like, you know, Veronica Lake look alike and then yeah. just everything like it's like it feels more like atmospheric and she's she's good in it and remember like this past year with like nightmare alley everyone was like oh Kate Blanchett could be like convincing her right it's like the femme fatale you know um but I think even like Kate does more in nightmare alley than Kim does yeah in here. yeah she's like it's a very fine like it's not a bad performance and I it's, I it's like a scene stealing performance and those do well obviously right. in supporting and I get why she won, like all those things. I mean, Julianne Moore in Boogie Nights is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think she's just so good. And 
yeah, like I said, Mini Driver is awesome. The other I mean, I in, in that time period between um, Julianne Moore's like double noms um, for the hours and Far From Heaven, and then when she finally won for Still Alice, you know, when we were all like, will she ever get nominated again? Will she ever win? It was like, I would have given it to her for Boogie Nights. <laughs> and then, I think she should have gotten it for Boogie Nights. I think that would have that would have been fine. I, I don't think that would have been a, 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 I think that win would have aged incredibly well. The other mm-hmm. people I wrote down, Joyce, Bridget Fonda for, for Jackie Brown. Love her and Jackie Brown. It's a great performance. And it would have been fun to have a Bridget Fonda, uh, Peter Fonda nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sigourney Weaver for the Ice Storm. There was like a lot of buzz around her performance. And like- She think, she won the BAFTA, which was a month later. So I, I think she it. could have gotten in. Yeah. But the movie just, again, didn't really go anywhere. And I wrote down Cameron Diaz for My Best Friend's Wedding. I think, again, Rupert Everett, like similarly, was not going to ever happen. But she's great at My Best Friend's Wedding. It's a good performance. I don't know. When, when should we like do- like a, a section on just Cameron Diaz alone <laughs> maybe like because and it sucks now because like she she was never nominated um you know she and she was great in being John Malkovich in, in two years and well she was great was we could do it next year my, my my there's something about Mary is 98 yeah, and, and I think she should have gotten nominated for sure for that I think and, I mean I don't think she was she was gonna nominate just because it was a comedy but like you know she was like getting like critics awards for like being John Malkovich yeah yeah and like she she had precursors for those and um it kind of felt like people you know maybe there was like a bias you know of like for this like model like turned actress who was like trying to go serious and maybe they thought like there's more time in the future and then she's retired now (laughs) like there's Mm -hmm. no time so uh who else did you think of for this one anybody else um yeah, Sigourney Weaver would have been good. I don't know who else was there. Did I write down anyone else? No, I don't think so. Who? Yeah, Sigourney. I think Sigourney also got the Globe nomination. Um, and then, yeah, so this, like we said before, if like Gloria Stewart had won this, then titanic could have beaten the record and gotten the most wins so when when uh when when kim basinger won mini driver seems actually like not mad surprised like burrell she's like like, wow yeah it was like wow like she was surprised that she won because i think people really did think that the enthusiasm for gloria stewart or titanic was gonna like come through but i think we talked i mean i mentioned this last week i think there is the the con the concept that the Oscars are very sentimental and like will always go for like the older performer and that was part of the reason why people thought Lauren Bacall was going to win and then it was like no and this kind of feels similarly I don't think Gloria Stewart should have won it's a fine performance but I mean like no <laughs> no offense to <laughs> Gloria Stewart or family or anybody it's a fine performance but I think like if it was a more sentimental Academy that she would have won but it's not as sentimental and like she's not going to win so. Yeah, well, also, so she and Kim tied at SAG. So I think that's also why people thought she had a stronger chance than she probably ended up having. Um, but it just it just was kind of clear that, you know, the things carrying Titanic is not like the acting or even right. though like great performances, like Kathy Bates, Victor Garber, I'm in, right. like Billy Zane. So Billy great performances. Zane. But it's not what you would single out as like the best of the film or even like, you know, of, of the year, you know, 
So uh, I'm not surprised that she lost. And I, I think going in, I, I didn't really expect her to win either. No, so, it was not a surprise that Kim Basinger won. I remember at yeah. the time. It was like, felt like it was going to happen. And then, Joy, so Gil Cates is still in my ear here. You got to go to screenplay. No notes on these wins. But Google Hunting obviously wins for Matt. And Ben, a great moment. They're so psyched. Uh, Jack Lemon is thrilled that they won. He, he was so excited to read their names. The other nominees are as good as it gets. Boogie Nights, Deconstructing Harry, Woody Allen, and The Full Monty, uh, Simon Beaufoy. I, I, I think the movies I wrote down as possibilities that would never get nominated, but uh, I was, I think Austin Powers, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, and Chasing Amy were three I wrote down. I would, I would nominate Chasing Amy, especially then, um, over, I guess I would drop Deconstructing Harry. <laughs> I will de- drop deconstructing Harry, and obviously Woody Allen is like toxic now. For, for well, also he doesn't need another nomination. He doesn't need another nomination. That movie was fine. I think it was like one of his later '90s like ones that people enjoyed. Uh, maybe not as more much more cynical than the previous years, which I think was Everyone Says I Love You, which is more of a musical. Uh, but yeah, Man and Ben for Good Will Hunting. As much as yeah, I love Boogie Nights, I also just want to say like would not change it. The the order of presentation for the ceremony. Mm-hmm uh it it's on wikipedia so you could go look at it but they they did a best actress like midway through which they also happened again like 10 years later again when julie chrissy was nominated and like marion cotillard won it was like halfway through and then they did best actor and then they still had a couple of craft categories like including cinematography to do after that and they did both screenplay awards after best actor and it, I remember this too when I was watching it back then because it felt like to me that they were really banking on like the Mad and Ben moment because that was like such a big part of the season. Yes. Like, you know, best friends from Boston wrote this movie and they're going to Oscars and like they're the favorites to win and they were like saving them for the end. And now, you know, if Steven Soderbergh had produced the show, original screenplay would have been last. So. <laughs> Maybe they would have lost. <laughs> Uh, and then LA Confidential for adapted screenplay, no notes there as well. Just a great, mm-hmm. we talked about it. This screenplay is amazing. Yeah. And again, this was like, we've kind of talked about this in previous things, but like the Oscar, the, the screenplay Oscars go to like the movies that people They're, they're the consolation prizes. <laughs> and like, you knew that Goodwill Hunting and LA Confidential were the consolation prizes of Titanic. And so they won these Oscars. So uh, as we said, Titanic, not nominated for screenplay right. and also screenplay the weakest aspect of that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that people really remember. Um, well, there are a lot of memorable lines, I would say, including King of the World. But not just not 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 a great script. But if it were to get nominated in original, I guess the obvious thing would be to drop Woody Allen. It'll take that place, but it still wouldn't win. But it, right. it would just have that nomination. Uh, so those are the major categories. We really should wrap up because this is so long. But I'd wanted to touch on uh score they have this is another one where two score categories exist uh original dramatic score titanic wins i take issue with this one i would say the james horner score is more memorable in my heart will go on and that should win there which it did obviously and this original score should have gone to either la confidential or goodwill hunting perhaps la confidential for jerry goldsmith that's my hot take um yeah i really like the la confidential score but uh, i i think it's just like that motif is is like obviously in my heart will go on and they're just so interconnected right 
that you just can't so I mean obviously we all knew he was winning both so yes. yeah also I was very sad when he died because um he did he died in a plane crash like six years ago yeah. um very right. exciting um but I but I think it's so that score is also so instantly recognizable and I don't it's it's one of those rare scores now when you just hear the first two notes and you know like that's the movie and I don't well, know you know like, the song I don't know do you know this I mean you know my heart will go on I guess yeah I, well you know both I think yeah I, I think the the score is like equally but everyone also saw this movie so I think you know that I know I know I'm just saying yeah like I actually I really like the song category because these all five of these are all bangers all the time CC Kendall Roy because it's yes. my heart will go on obviously go the distance from Hercules journey to the past from Anastasia which everyone thinks is a Disney movie but it's not um it's Fox but now technically it's on, it's owned by Disney back around it's come back around <laughs> irony um how do I live from Kanye another Diane Warren banger really good song um, yeah, and Miss Misery, which I would have voted for from Good Will Hunting, even though it's an, an end credit song. It's a great song Elliot and Smith. really beautiful song. Um, yeah. yeah, no notes in that category. All, all of these uh, performances are also on YouTube if you want to go watch them. So yeah, also very sad this category because obviously Elliot Smith um, has also died. And yeah, Alina, a lot of- who sang Journey to the Past is also gone. A lot of, lot of death with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sad, but uh, just, I mean, that's, I got nothing else. This was a great Oscars. But cinematography. Uh, cinematography, <laughs> love Titanic cinematography. Uh, it won, Russell Carpenter. The nominees were Janice Kaminsky for Amistad, Roger Deakin for Kundun. Marty, I liked it. That, that was uh, Marty's entry this year. <laughs> I saw that in the theater too. We were like, oh boy, that was not, not our speed, at the, not our Marty speed at the time. Uh, you didn't want a Dalai Lama drama? No, we sat through it though. Uh, LA Confidential, Dante Spinotti, and The Wings of the Dove, Eduardo uh, Serra. Those are the nominees there. And, and Janusz for Amistad. And Amistad, yeah. yeah. A Titanic winning here is fine. LA Confidential, again, I think is just remarkable. But mm-hmm. Titanic, great cinematography. <laughs> Joyce, anything else? Uh, should we do a moment of silence for the ceremony before we sign off? Yeah, we, you know, we should have timed it, time James Cameron so we can match it, but it, it went on. It was interminable, it felt like, just, just like this episode. <laughs> so we'll be back with more Oscars playback next week. I don't even know what we're going to do, Joy, so we'll have to stay tuned to figure it out. We'll I know, we're going to run out of 90s soon. And we so. can go back in time, maybe. We'll see. It's true. All right. All right. For all things Hollywood competition and awards, head to goldderby.com. Follow us on social media at goldderby.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.